When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello, people. My name is UcheBW, and this is my Netflix. You can find my Instagram at, at UcheBW. That's at U-C-H-E-B-W. <laughs> Metrics with the exit, girl. You don't exist. Playing games like it's Tetris. When I hit you, then miss. What a shame you're pissed off. Now the table's turned, I'm switched. I'm never off. Cause I pulled the plug light switch. Never dip so quick. Cause I called it quits. Now you're desperate. Need a Nesbit. Boo, who watched me blow this kiss? You're pissed. And I don't blame you. If you play me, I'll play you. Karma is a bitch. Can't nobody save you. Nah. Pick a boo. New me, same me. I switch it up, new movements Now I left you confused Cause I gained amusement From the games you tried to play and fail Now I see the disappointment Annoyance, irritation Didn't play the game well Poor performance Can't get a free pass Just cause you're gorgeous No way, nah Pretty privilege won't work around here Pretty privilege won't work around here I know that you're insincere I know that you're insincere Wipe away those crocodile tears, my dear Wipe away those crocodile tears, my dear oh, Now you wanna chill with Netflix Wanna get vexed when I move on to the next chick Now I see a pattern like geometrics with the exit, girl You don't exist, playing games like it's Tetris When I hit you, then miss, what a shame you're pissed off Now the table's turned, I'm switched, I'm never off Cause I pulled the plug light switch, never dip so quick Cause I called it quits, now you're desperate, need a Nesbit Boo, who watched me blow this kiss? You're pissed, and I don't blame you If you play me, I'll play you Karma is a bitch, can't nobody save you now Now the table's turned, you're burning I'm so unconcerning Ain't no burden, close curtains for certain Mark my words, no surprise that you versed I beg you stop, why? Cause it ain't working Anyhow you try, I'm curving Trust me, I'm swerving Baby girl, I'm telling you Ring, ring, but you're all alone 
Outside and it's dark and cold Ring ring, but you're all alone Shit, magician, your tricks won't work no more now Said you're all alone Outside and it's dark and cold Ring ring, but you're all alone Shit, magician, your tricks won't work no more Said you're all alone host this week and joining me is the two clowns as normal mr jack godfrey and alex aka jacko aka the Millwall one aka the so-called diva aka the grumpy one how are you lads i don't know where you get this diva shit from that's all you mate i'm fucking supposed to we're supposed to record just so people are aware um, we are recording this on Monday night because someone had to get his hair cut and couldn't change it around. Hey, Greeny. You don't want to know how he yeah, pays. You, you, right. you don't want to know yeah. how he pays the barber yeah. either. <laughs> hey, lads, can we send that for another episode, please? Yeah. <laughs> we'll get the barber um, on. <laughs> yeah. Verified account. Um, yeah. Massive thanks uh, to Uche opening the show, lads, with his latest single netflix um he's gave all his social media so go ahead go and look at his stuff it's great stuff so cheers for that mate oh, thank you very much um yeah lads let's go move on i'm going to keep this sweet and short short and sweet <laughs> <laughs> okay, no. um because we've got a massive special guest in part two oh, boys uh with mate, Tyler. we've made the big time boys so excited big time oh. <laughs> And it's recorded. Yeah. <laughs> um, right, lads, let's just crack in. Jack, go, go straight in with you, mate. On Friday night, we had Fulham against Leeds United. Um, Leeds come out winners 2-1. Was it a must-win game for Fulham? Or do you feel they've still got a chance of staying up? Leeds, Leeds, Leeds. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think, I think Fulham have uh, still got a chance of staying up, mate, considering how shit Newcastle are. Um so yeah, I, th- I think it's going to be going to go right down to the wire. Have you, luckily for everyone else, they play each other. Well, I was going to say, have so... you seen the last game? Because that's it's going to be an absolute <laughs> cracker. And there might even be fans on the ground. So yeah, I, I think Fulham. It was. I, I would say they needed to win to obviously give themselves a better chance of staying up. But I think it's going to be a case now of who's less shit. I think <laughs> in terms of uh, that one. And like I say, we've been treated to them two playing each other on the final day, which could decide who goes down, which will be fantastic. So yeah, looking forward to that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Jacko Bamford scored again, mate, mm. the lead, but didn't get an England call up. Are you surprised about that? 
Um, yeah, I am actually. Uh, I mean, he's, he's 14 goals, six assists this season. Um, second to only behind Harry Kane for English goal scorers with assists as well. Um, it wasn't in Gritty's team. No, it wasn't. No, but to be fair, I, I don't think any of us have thought, considered Bamford um, no. when we went through it. I, I just feel, yeah, I, I don't know why he's not picked him. Um, obviously, he's gone with Calvert-Lewin, but I think Calvert-Lewin's only bagged a couple of goals in the last all four or five, if not that, um, if less than that. So, yeah, he's, yeah. he's probably is a bit, bit of a blow for Bamford, but I think if he carries on with the form, he's got to be knocking on that door come, come June and hopefully he'll get a, a chance to go. Yeah, definitely. I, I agree, mate. Um, I'm going to stay with Jacko. Bottom of the table clash, mate. Brighton. Three Newcastle nil. Mm. It wasn't a result I expected. I don't know about you, mate. Whether you expected that. Result. Yeah, I did. Mm. Yeah, I I think Brighton are Brighton are a good side. They just they haven't been lucky this season. Um, and you know I yeah I expected them to beat Newcastle comfortably. Do you reckon uh, it's bad times now, Jack, for Newcastle? Would you be a bit worried if you were a Newcastle fan? I would be, mate. I'll be chewing on my fingernails of what was left yeah. of um, Yeah, if they're not in a very good position at all. Um, I don't know whether it would benefit, be beneficial to them if Steve Bruce left or not, to be honest. Um, they're in that much of a mess that I think even if he did go, they'd still be in the sort of same shit position they're in. So, yeah, I'd be very, very wounded if I was a Newcastle fan, mate. I think it's... Uh, this, the, I think the worst thing for me is... That, if I was a Newcastle fan, that game against Brighton was a, was a big, big game for them. Yeah. And they just looked like they couldn't give a shit. Yeah. They were half-arsed, walking around. And the way Bruce sets them up as well, it's just... Like... like It's like they're playing Man City the way they were set up. They're playing Brighton. Yeah. It's yeah. a mushroom game and they're so defensive. It's like 11 men behind the ball. Here you are, Brighton. Let, let Brighton have the ball and... Yeah, they just—I don't know. There's no passion. There's no, you know, willing to die for the club, trying to keep the club up. So yeah, I'd be seriously worried if I was a Newcastle. I, I think that's the, the been the problem with Bruce at Newcastle this season is that he has played it too defensively, and I don't understand why. When at the start of the season they bought in Hendrick, they bought in Wilson, they bought in Fraser, they had Sam Maximan, they had um, was it Aaron's or Lewis? They bought in from Norwich. They they invested reasonably well in the squad for attacking players and Bruce spent the majority of the first half of the season playing a 5-4-1 and I, I just I, I just don't understand why I, I could understand it if it was Allardyce's position for West Brom um, you know they've only just come back up they haven't got a squad that is sort of on the, the level that Newcastle have um, bearing in mind you know Wilson's Bagged 50 Premier League goals. He, he looks, he looks good as a Premier League striker. Um, so to, to have Steve Bruce doing that, I think it's just been a detriment to Newcastle. And I won't be surprised if they go down. I won't be surprised if he walks away. the The only, the, the only question that will remain is if he does go, is who's going to take over? Because. The, the, well, the, the problem yeah. they're gonna, the problem that a Newcastle manager will always have, is working with Mike. Ashley doesn't give give a toss. He really doesn't. He, he wants to sell it to to, mm. to a Saudi Arabian consortium. The 
Premier League on having it, so he has to sit there and, and sulk about it. And yes, there has been some investment. Is it enough to keep Newcastle in the, in the Premier League? I don't think it is. Um, their defence has looked poor for uh, quite a while. Um, you know, they, yes, they bought in Lewis, they bought in a couple of others, but I just don't think it's good enough for the Premier League. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of problems in Newcastle, and it, it, until Ashley goes away. I don't think those problems are going to be solved. No, I mean, I agree with both of what you're saying. I mean, Ashley has come out, though, Jack, saying Steve Bruce's job's safe. Um, I mean, what, what what do you really make of that? Obviously, do you think he's the right man to, obviously, if he do go down to bring him back up? Well, I think he did it previously, didn't he? Or was it... Or was it no, Rafa, Rafa did it. No, sorry, Rafa, yeah, did, yeah you're right. No, um, maybe. Um, I'm not sure. Um, I mean, if they keep some of their players, then I definitely can see them bouncing straight back up. But that's the, that's always the key, isn't it? Mm. If if you get relegated, keeping your sort of key players, I'm sure Sam Maximum will go. I'm sure Callum Wilson will go. Maybe Almiron, um, possibly Shelby, people like that. Um, I'm not sure he is the right man, really. I don't think a lot of Newcastle fans are happy with him being there currently either. As I said, I think getting rid of him now would be pointless because they're still in the same sort of shit show they're in anyway and I think they potentially could go down anyway with with or without Bruce being there um, I think if, if Bruce did get go down with Newcastle I think he'd be sacked personally I, I can't see his job being safe I don't know obviously like Jacko said Ashley's a knobhead um, I don't understand how Bruce's job can be safe surely you know Newcastle got a big fan base like everything's based towards Newcastle in, that, in the city and you know, I just can't see for them being in the championships. Just yeah, it's a bit of a travesty, really. I'm sure a lot of Newcastle fans will think the same. And yeah, I'm not sure Bruce is is possibly the right man to have in charge to uh, to come back up if they did go back home. Yeah, just before I move on, Jacko, if Newcastle do go down, obviously mm. again, will the likes of Wilson be sold and come back into the Prem again, um... or will he stay where he is and? Scored bag full of goals in the champ. Uh, I don't know how long his contract is that they signed him for. I think it was two year deal. Mm. Um, so if Ashley will not sort of bankroll um, a season in the championship to keep the sort of players that, if the likes of Sam Maximan, Almiron, Wilson, Fraser, um, Shelby. If they were playing in the championship, that would be a very scary attack to face as for championship clubs. I, I think they're some of the, you know, they're, they're good enough to be in the Premier League, obviously. Um, but then the question marks will be if they get sold, who are they going to bring in? Will Ashley help fund uh, a reinvestment for Newcastle? Um, is it a case of you're going to have to sell to, to bring in your own money? That, that's what Moises was told at West Ham. Um, so yeah I at the moment it's easy to sort of say you know that they probably won't be but depending on the sort of situations behind the scenes it may not be a choice that is, is left to Bruce if he does stay it'll be a case of these could give us some money we'll use that to, to reinvest after that um but I think if they can keep the majority of that side together they if, and they do go down, they'll, they'll probably do a Norwich um, or at least a Watford. 
So they would be good enough to, to, to probably compete for the championship title next year. Fair. Let's go over to Jack. I mean, Jack, uh, Mourinho has been under a lot of criticism. Uh, obviously got knocked out of Europa League and people are calling for him to be chopped. But, mate, he's got a win against Villa, 2-0. And he's in sixth place with 48 points and he's only three points behind fourth Chelsea. So that's a good season, surely? Yeah. Um, well, it is, yeah. I mean, the, that position, you know, is, isn't that bad. Um, but it's just a shame that, you know, obviously the way they went out to Zagreb was shocking, really. I don't think anyone would have predicted that um, and what happened there. Um, but yeah, I suppose, in a way, he answered back a little bit when we were winning against Villa. I don't think Villa really offered that much and they're on a sort of bit of a dodgy run at the moment as well and, you know, they're not really creating a lot, especially with Grealish being out. Um, he's obviously a big miss for them. But, yeah, I suppose top four finish was probably Spurs' priority at the start of the season and they're still in with a shout of it. Um, they've got to try and win probably most of their remaining games to be in with sort of the hunt. You know, Chelsea are in great form there. Um, West Ham still in the mix. Obviously, throwing away a 3-0 in against Arsenal, which we'll probably come on to. But, yeah, I suppose he's, he's, he's still there, really. Uh, whether or not he'll be there at the end of the summer, who knows? Yeah, only one way to find out. Um, Jack, oh, let's <laughs> move on to you quickly. West Ham, Jack yeah. just went on to it a bit. 3-0 up, mm. bottled it and drew 3 all. Um It's a good result for me, but... Sure. Would you be happy with that being a West Ham fan? Uh, I know you're three nil up, but would you? You would have took the draw beforehand. Being a West Ham fan, he's a Millwall fan. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Three yeah. um, nil up. I think, would you be happy with a point I, at I the think, start of the game? I think if my team went three nil up mm. and looked comfortable doing it, and then conceded three goals, two of them being own goals, I'd be pretty pissed off. Yeah, I really do. I, you know, Arsenal are. 8th, ninth, 10th this season West Ham are 5th West Ham have deservedly been 5th and they were at home and they scored 3 goals within the first 28 minutes mm. uh, yeah I, I would be disappointed that you've let a 3 goal lead slip um, to Arsenal Arsenal, ha- Arsenal are a very inconsistent side to me uh, 1 minute they can turn up and play attractive good football other weeks, they just looked terrible and deservedly looked to be a mid-table team. Um, so, yeah, I, I think Spurs winning will probably be more frustrating for West Ham fans for the fact that if they'd managed to get... If Spurs had still have a hangover after the Zagreb defeat on Thursday and Villa got a point, if not, or, or if better, a win, then it probably would have been all right for West Ham. But to, to lose two points from from that situation is, is yeah, definitely disappointing. Yeah, I mean, Jack, just a yes or no from you. West Ham, top four. Fucking hope not. Yes, go on, you irons. <laughs> Jacko, yes or no? Fucking hope not. I can't be dealing with it. I can't be dealing with West Ham in the Champions League. I, 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 joking aside, though, what Moyes has done there is is a remarkable turnaround. I'm sure you'll both agree. And if they can somehow get a top four spot, that would just be remarkable season for them. Um, but as as Jack's pointed out earlier, Tuchel's all right. Yeah, the Chelsea football at times isn't great, but the fact that they don't think they've lost under him 
Um, they just look really solid in that last fourth spot. So I'll, I'll probably say West Ham are outside of the top four. and I'll, I'll give them fifth. I, I definitely think they can finish fifth. I don't think Spurs will do it. I think Spurs will um, have a few hiccups on the way to the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, uh, just quickly before we move on, uh, great commentary, by the way, in that game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, moving on quickly, uh, Jack, to you, mate. Quarterfinals, FA Cup, form of nil, Southampton three. Expected result? Um, probably not as big a margin as I expected, uh, to be fair. It's probably a potential banana skin for Southampton. Um, mm. But I think they approached it professionally, mate. Um Redmond was quality, mm. uh, showed his class. Um, Bournemouth had a couple of chances, um, but I think Southampton had a couple of goals this time as well through VAR, so could have been more than three. Um, but I think, you know, you probably expect Southampton to beat Bournemouth, um, Premiership side against the Championship side. And yeah, they did. And Ralph, even though he's been under pressure, has uh, got himself into an FA Cup semi final. So, mm. yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, moving on from that result, I'm going to go with Jacko. Everton nil, Man City two again. Mm. Another weren't surprising result for me, mate. I don't no, know about yourself. it wasn't surprising, but it was for the fact that it took them 80 minutes to get the first goal. Um, mm. I think Everton had done really well to sort of keep themselves in that, and I, I think by that point they were just sort of trying to eke out um, as far as they could, and hopefully try and take. To, to penalties because I, I believe that was what it was going to happen it was just after it, it was extra time and then penalties um, but you know Man City are a dominant force in English football at the minute so you would expect them to beat Everton yeah Jack Chelsea 2 Sheffield United nil again never expected result did you expect the scoreline to be a lot more than 2-0 mm, not really mate I think Chelsea are, like Jacko said earlier, they're not the most glamorous side to watch at times, but they're very reliable in the two shield, you know. They do a job. Defensively, they're solid. I think the only goals they've conceded have been was sort of Rudiger's own goal. Um, Luton, uh, there was a stat about it yesterday. They've it's The the last time they conceded was over 10 hours of football at, the, at Stamford Bridge, and that yeah. was the Luton Cup game. Exactly. So, so, I mean, you know, they're, they're defensively, they're solid. Um, they, they don't always score massive amounts of goals, but no. like I said, they're, they're reliable. So, I expected, yeah, 2 3 nil, easy, really. Um, shame for Sheffield United, I suppose, but, you know, their sort of miseries continue. Mm. Yeah, stay with you, Jack, for a minute. Obviously, we just mentioned Man City, we mentioned Chelsea. They drew each other in the semi final of the FA Cup. Where would your money lie? If you, I know you're a betting man. Which way would you edge it? <laughs> Man, yeah, um, yeah, I, I'd probably edge towards Man City just because of the fact that they're, like Jack has said, houses of English football at the moment. They're on, you know, by the Man United slip up, they're on incredible form. Um, but I, I think it'd be a really tight tactical with the way that um, Tuchel sets up. I think it'd probably be a lot of Man City possession. Chelsea sort of played on the counter, trying to, you know, take advantage of any mistakes and things like that. Um, I don't think. As, as good as the tie sounds, I don't think it'll be sort of all-out attack as much as everyone would want it to be. Um, I think it'd be really tight and tactical. And I think maybe at a push, uh, Man City win by a goal or two. I think I think they're just sort of firepower and the way they are at the minute would just, just sort of beat Chelsea. But I'm I'm hoping... I mean, I'd love both sides to just go at it, hammer and tongue, but I don't think they will really. I think it'd be like a tight, close game. 
Yeah, I think I have to agree. I think it'd be cagey. Um, right, leave the let the best till last, Jacko. I thought mm. I'd let you finish up on this one. Yeah, a shot result, really. A shot result. No, the three. No. United won. Tell me what you thought of the game. I know you watched it. <laughs> no, I don't what think do it was a shock at all. I thought United were terrible. Yeah. Can you elaborate for the people um, who didn't watch it? You know, <laughs> they, looked, they looked shaky throughout. Um, they didn't look comfortable on the ball. Leicester pressed them very well. We're creating a lot of opportunities, a lot of space for the likes of Perez and Tielemans to sort of support Vardy and Iheanacho, who I think to be fair, all four of those that I've just mentioned, I think was superb. I think Indeedy was superb as well. Um, you know, the fact that, yeah, the United goal was was a good bit of a bit of movement by Van der Beek and, and Greenwood. And, you know, at the time, that was sort of, I was saying to, to, to Lauren, you know, the fact that Leicester got the first goal meant United had to come out. And the fact that United got an equaliser meant that Leicester had to play their original game which is what they did. And they, they looked far the better side for it. And I feel that, you know, and I know you're probably going to ask me out of Leicester, Southampton, who do you think? I, I genuinely think Leicester will win it. I will be very, very surprised if Southampton get a result. Um, I I will say this, because I, I feel quite offended that you didn't ask me what I felt about the semi-final between Man City and Chelsea. Um, <laughs> I, I'm going to go with a bit of a, a tongue-in-cheek thing. I'm going to say Chelsea. Oh, what do you think? Because they'd be more defensive than counter. I, 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 we haven't seen a Tuchel Guardiola Premier League game yet, have we? Hmm. And I just feel that it's a bit of a... Well, yes, there's all the scouting and Guardiola would have played Tuchel in Champions League between Bayern and PSG, all that sort of stuff. Um but I just feel, yeah, I just feel he may, he may get the edge on Guardiola, because it, you know, a lot of talk at the moment is Man City potentially winning a quadruple. They always seem to slip up mm. in one of the trophies. I think the League Cups are showing. I don't think Tottenham are going to beat them. Um, the Premier League is is done and dusted. The Champions League is where Man City are desperate to get that trophy. So I could potentially see Chelsea nicking it um, in that semi-final. But but going back to, to Leicester, I was very impressed um, by what Rodgers did with that side yesterday. And yeah, great value for for a semi-final. And I, I as much as I'm as much as I'm going back to sort of friendships that I've had at school, and there was always a sort of Millwall Leicester rivalry there. Um, I, I would like to see Leicester get into an FA Cup final, I think just for everything that's going on. I think it'd be great for the City and if they can get a bit of silverware under Rodgers, I think that'd be fantastic. After extra time goes to Wembley, eh, Greeny? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I ain't going to speak too soon. Yeah. You never know, mate, well, the FA Cup can bring out... finals at Wembley. Well, we are. <laughs> but, I mean, we know what the FA Cup brings, mate. So, uh, Southampton ain't no gimme. So... We take as a cliche. We take every game as it comes. All right, Brendan. It's as simple as that, really. All right, Brendan. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I'm moving on to your favourite time of the podcast. 
It's the championship. Mm, fuck off. I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, Jack. I, I am oh. going to go to Jack first, actually, Jack, because I want to bring up Stoke Derby. Another loss for Rooney, mate. 1-0 Stoke. What what was the game like? What, how was Derby? Shit. Another 90 minutes of fucking utter dross, mate. Um, Are you safe, though, Jack? No, no, def- they're not. Definitely not. Anymore. Definitely not. We're, we're one in seven. We can't fucking score. Um, but I mean, thank God there's an international break because we can't lose another international break. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know what this team has gone from literally being in a mess to pulling itself out, to going back into a mess again. Um, I suppose it's very, very Derby County, if you will. Um, just, I, I honestly don't know. Um, we just we just can't seem to buy a win it. Um, the goal was shit and sloppy defending. Stoke, just yeah, just awful game of football again. Really, we 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 got gluten on the uh, thingy for Good Friday, I think it is. And I mean, we need to get three points from somewhere because Rotherham obviously won. Sheffield Wednesday won this weekend, and the only good result for Derby was that obviously Birmingham lost. Um, so I think. Yeah, we're, we're definitely not safe at the minute. Um, I don't think Rooney said that in his press conference after the game. He said, you know, if we didn't know we're in a relegation battle, we know we're in one now. So, um, yeah, I mean, I just want to see a bit of quality, really. We've been dying out. We've been dying for a, We literally have no quality. We've had such a lack of it all season. You know, even Tony scored more goals than us this season, which says it all. Um, and we can't defend either, so... You know, we had that period where Rooney came in and we were keeping clean sheets and that just seems to have completely gone out the window. Um, I'm still, I know I was buzzing before, but I'm going to be that fickle football fan now. I'm still not overly sold on Rooney being a gaffer. <laughs> yeah, I'm going back on the words. <laughs> I, I think, I, I think when, when you ask Jack if, if um, Derby is safe, I think the problem for all of the teams down there, so that's, and I'll include Forrest and Huddersfield in this, You've got Forest, Huddersfield, Derby, Coventry, Birmingham. Have all got to accept yeah. the fact that Rotherham have got four games in hand. Yeah. Yeah. And if they win two, or if they, if they were to get seven points out of those four games, that puts some level on, mm. uh, on points for Forest and Huddersfield. Yeah. And, and that just, yeah. that causes a lot more issue. I, I think if, if Rotherham were to do that, I think that would put Sheffield Wednesday down. I, 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 I can't. Think, I think, I think Sheffield Wednesday are down already. I don't think they are. I, I think getting a result against Barnsley, which was huge, uh, highly unexpected with how well Barnsley had played, um, I think that gives them a little boost. I think while Birmingham are poor and Coventry are poor, I think it still gives them a chance. But only because Rotherham are above them, but they've still got four games in hand. I, I think if Rotherham were to lose three out of those four, uh, I think that might might just sort of give Sheffield Wednesday a bit of momentum going forward. But, yeah, I think if Rotherham get those, I think Sheffield Wednesday and Wickham are down and then it will be one of Rotherham, Birmingham, Coventry, Derby, Huddersfield, the Forest. Rotherham are fighting, to be fair, though. They're really mm. they're, they're They're an annoying, niggly side, Rotherham. Oh, they, yeah. I think... They always get a fucking point <laughs> against Millwall. I think... They always turn up. They, they will always surprise two yeah. or three teams... At the top half of the table, I think Rooney said, along with Barnsley, he said they're the most anti-footballing team in the league. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me <laughs> at all. Barnsley. Although, yeah. well, I'm saying no, I, I disagree with that because I think Barnsley have Barnsley have changed the style 
it's a very high pressing style yeah. and it works it really does work um i just don't think they've got well you know at the moment they're, they're sitting fifth i think if they had a bigger squad i reckon they'd probably be doing a little bit better but i, I think fair play to barnsley they've come out of absolutely nowhere um but yeah i, I think i definitely agree with the rotherham thing i just niggly horrible bastards and yeah I, i'm always delighted when rotherham get relegated and all of them with the that they were in with because we have a shit record against them. I fucking hate Rotherham as well, yeah. Basically, Greeny, what we're saying yeah. is we want, we want Rotherham to go down. Yeah, I'm quite <sighs> happy with Rotherham, Sheffield Wednesday and Wickham to get relegated. Yeah, good <laughs> Well, as you're talking about Rotherham, we'll go to Jacko on it then. Well, Rotherham mm. 2-0 win at Bristol yeah. City, which I thought was a cracking yeah, yeah. result because obviously yeah, it's Pearson's massive. there. It's a massive win and it's, mate, it's put everyone in a dogfight at the bottom of the league and I've yeah, got a feeling that Rotherham might stay up. I really do. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, from what I've seen, you'll see a lot more than me, but like you said, and I think you both just said it, Rotherham turn up, they win. If they don't turn up, obviously they lose, but they turn up quite often <laughs> against, the, against the bigger sides. Mm. And they can't yeah. seem to beat the lower sides, if you know what I mean. No, I, I think a lot of clubs, and you know, where under Neil Harris, Millwall were very similar. They'd be brilliant against the sort of top 10 teams in the league, but you see them play... Wickham or Rotherham or Barnsley are in the bottom three and they turn us over. It's the underdog mentality. A lot of clubs have it and utilise it very well but then when they come up against a side that they should be beating they then struggle. Yeah. And I think if they can get more more points against the teams in the top half than they do against teams in the bottom half they're likely to stay up as stupid as that sounds, because of the fact that they're they're playing against the bigger clubs, they have that mentality. Well, yeah, if we're touching on their fixtures, Jacko, we've got they've got Millwall on Friday, the second of April. Yeah. At the den. Then they've got Wickham and Huddersfield. Mm. So to me, they get Millwall out of the way, obviously if they lose that, they've got two big games yeah, with Wickham yeah. and Huddersfield, mate. Yeah. That could be but... the decider. As I said before, Rotherham have a knack of getting results against Mill. It wouldn't surprise me if they get something out of Friday's game. If they were then to get six points between Wickham and Huddersfield, that puts them slap bang in the middle of, of sort of lower mid-table. So, mm. yeah, I, I think the Easter fixtures always tend to have a bit of a, um, a key aura around them when it comes to teams in the bottom half of the table, but or near relegation and, and teams sort of in and around the playoffs, those, those sort of two or three games can can change your season very quickly and there's not many games left after that. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they get on Thursday. Yeah, let's go to a, a, a really good game, what was in a championship. And Jack, I'm going to give you this good game. Loads of goals in it. A thrilling game. Coventry near Wickham nil. <laughs> <laughs> if you could just explain, Jack. <laughs> Two, two sides were shit and they got a, <laughs> they got a point. <laughs> Would you expect, though, Jack, on paper for Coventry to have got three points there? Yeah, but I think it highlights the key issue. They don't know where the net is. Mm. Um, probably been their downfall all season, really. Um, other than that, yeah, I think have they, have they had a sort of record? I think Matty Godden's been injured as well for a large part of... Uh, after Christmas and stuff. Mm. He was their sort of go-to goal scorer in League One and he, he scored a few goals in this league as well. So, I think you're always going to struggle if you don't have a sort of 
sort of talisman that gets your goals up front as well in this league. And uh, I think that's just clearly highlighting it. They don't take their chances. Do you feel uh, Wickham needed to win that game, mate, even if, to have a sniff of staying up? So, I mean, they're 11 no. points adrift now. Wickham are down. 100%. Yeah, 100%. Well, there we go. You've heard it on after extra time. Um, let's put go to Jacko. Yeah, put it in your back corner. <laughs> You'll get one to about one to one hundred on that. Yeah. Odds on. Put a, put a pound on, get a penny back. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's go to Jacko. Let's hear about his Millwall side with a great win, one 0 win over Middlesbrough. Yeah, it's surprising result. Right, um, first half, we were on top of them. Um, we we tend to have this. We we tend to go through periods where, for the first sort of ten, fifteen, twenty minutes of the game. We are on top and, you know, we had a couple of chances early on that Wallace had one saved by the keeper. Um, but, you know, we did, we stuck, we stuck at it and we got a bit of luck with the centre-back getting their own goal. But it was a good cross, to be fair. It leaves him no room to do anything with it and he's lucky if he doesn't go in. Um, but then Middlesbrough, we do what we normally do, which is once we've got the lead, first sort of 15, 20 minutes after half time, we'll sit back, we'll put pressure, uh, they'll, they'll, we'll put Middlesbrough in a position where they look comfortable going forward and we'll try and hit them on the break. And there were a few chances yesterday that, uh, that they scuffed. And I think if they were in um, better form, bit of confidence they probably would have put one or maybe two of those chances away we did have a couple in the second half that would have made it more comfortable but it was always going to be a tough dogged game against the Warnock side and you know it's a bit of retribution to the 3-0 fresh and we got given at the Riverside earlier in the season um, and it just means that we've hit our 50 point mark with eight games to go we're safe we're 10 points behind Reading I can't see it's catching it we're too inconsistent, too many draws. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm always chuffed with three points, of course, but uh, it's just one of those now where it's the end of our season, really, and we'll just go again next year. Yeah, mate, I'm looking at your fixtures, Jacko, and regard, disregarding Rotherham and Stoke, mm. after that you've got Swansea, Brentford, Bournemouth, Watford. Yeah. Some tough running. I bet you're glad you're safe because that is a tough well, run. I, I think we were always going to be safe anyway, even if we didn't get the result against Middlesbrough on Saturday. I think we were always going to be safe. Um, but if you win these games, you mate, you could be pushing and playoffs possibly. Yeah, well, we've got Rotherham at home, Stoke away. That will probably be a draw. Swansea at home. We don't have a good run against Swansea, so they'll almost certainly get a win there. Brentford away, again, we I don't seem to feel that we have a good run against Brentford. Um, Bournemouth at home, yeah, maybe. Bournemouth are on a, a... I must admit, Bournemouth are on a bit of a slip now. Um, I don't think the cup game against, against Southampton helped them either. And then Watford away, I just... Yeah, I think if we can take maybe nine points out of that, that might get as close to the... Um, to the playoffs, but I just, I just can't see us getting there. I think it's too long, too late. But I'm happy, you know, we're mid-table again. It's We're going into our fifth consecutive season in the Championship. We've only ever done that once before, and that was under Jacket. Um, no, under McGee and Wise, I think. 
So, yeah, I, I think we're, we're, we're getting there, slowly getting there. It's going to be a while yet, but yeah, another season in the Championship. Yeah, definitely, mate. Um, Jack, going to you, mate. The um, Welsh Derby, Swansea, Cardiff. Cardiff winners. Mick McCarthy's on a good run. Yeah, the whole Welsh Derby, mate. Um, yeah. yeah, good result for Cardiff. Um, <laughs> Such a <laughs> shit and Welsh accent. That was good, I thought. Cardiff, <laughs> Swansea and Cardiff. Um, anyway, going back to the football. Um, <laughs> it's like a shit Gavin and Stacey. Um, yeah, it's a bit, a bit of a surprising result, really, for me. Um, I thought, you know, probably Swansea nick it or draw, but yeah, good result for, for Cardiff, and I think it maybe just about keeps their playoff hopes alive, you know. I think um, Mick McCarthy's come in and he's done a brilliant job. I think he's only lost once or twice, possibly once. Yeah, um, yeah he's been just breath of fresh air for Cardiff, really, and that's, unfortunately for Neil Harris, that's sort of where Cardiff should be, looking at the mm. squad that they've got. So, um, yeah, that's the Welsh derby for you. Yeah, there we go. I'm just going to run over these quick. Uh, Reading one, QPR one, Barnsley one, Sheffield United, uh, Sheffield United, Sheffield Wednesday two, and mm. uh, Norwich one, Blackburn one, uh, Watford three, Birmingham nil, Preston nil, Luton one. Just touch on Preston quickly before I move on. Jacko, mm. obviously they've sat the gaffer. Um, yeah, Alex Neil. Yeah. Do you reckon that was the right move? Um, time will tell. I know it's a dodgy statement to make. I just feel, yeah, I think they had a good chance of getting into the playoffs and then they had a bit of a dip um, back in the last year. It was just as bad as Forrest, to be fair. Um, you know, he's he, he turned that club around, to be fair. Before he was there, I think it was a very sort of up and down side. They'd have one season at the top, one season near the bottom. There was no sort of consistency. And I think he managed to create a ethos at that club that gave them that consistency and it's just been a bad season um, and it's ultimately cost him his job um, I don't know I, th- I, I could see them probably slipping but again it depends on who they bring in uh, I think there's some good good options there um, if you know if Eddie Howe was prepared to sort of take a drop he might be interested in that job. I think that's a good job for someone. They've definitely got the talent to be up there near the top half of the table. Um, but again, it'll just be one of those where we'll have to see what happens. Yeah, what do you make of it, Jack? Yeah, I think maybe the right call, but I think, you know, like Jackie said, they're having a poor season and it's, it's the result of that, really. Um, he did turn them around then, like Jack I said, up and down club and, you know, I don't have a massive... Love or hate for pressing the sort of neither here nor there for me, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see who they can bring in. Yeah, I mean, the final one just to touch on before we leave it, Jacko, mm. is uh, Forrest getting the draw mm. um, <laughs> against Brentford. Yeah. Seems like Brentford has slipped a little bit in recent in recent uh, weeks. Mm. Do you reckon they're still up there and to get promoted, or do you think they've just slipped again like last year? <sighs> I think they may have slipped like they did last year. Bottle jobs, yeah. Yeah, I, I just feel, you know, they they were sort of only two or three points behind Watford and Swansea. Um, and to be fair, I think both Swansea and Brentford have had a bit of a dip and Watford have just soared past them. Um, 
I think, barring Reading, I think they're, they're those three are your playoff teams. Um, I, I could see, I could see, I could see Reading and Bournemouth slipping and Cardiff taking the last spot, and, that, and that'll be your four. But yeah, I just think, well, I, I, I just, I just think they've. They lost Ben Rama. They lost Watkins. Yes, they have a good knack of bringing in replacements, but and, and Tony has done a, a cracking job at Brentford. But I think if Ben Rama and Watkins were there, I think it probably would have been a different season. As well. There we go. You better get another bet on it. Yeah. <laughs> um, right, lads. Just before we go to part two, I've got a nice little quiz for oh, you. God. God, fuck's sake! I need to win. Eight <laughs> fucking one won this year. Oh yeah. That's a point. <laughs> Are you ready, Jack? You might be able to win this oh, one, mate. Um, I will get it's it. Me some random yeah, shit. I think yeah. last time you two done it, I think actually. Uh, I I won it. Only Jack won. Yeah, I yeah. won it because Jack couldn't get his buzzer done properly because he wanted to say his name, not Derby. <laughs> he likes to bring. Well, he brings one... that up every time, doesn't he? Yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> Well, what we're going to do today, and you'll like this one, I thought I'll go nice and easy on you both, is the most successful goal scorers in the championship from 2000 and the 2021 season. So, this season, basically. So, well, no, from from, oh, 2000. from, the, from the year 2000 to this season. Yeah, I want the most successful goal scorers, and I want the top. 20. So you want the top 20 goal scorers over the last 20 years in the championship? Yeah. Or 21 years, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I'll let Jack go first. <laughs> Is this all time or just in, in their individual seasons? I'm assuming... I'm... No, it's all, uh, most successful goal scorers in the championship. So they could have played for six yeah, clubs. Yeah, yeah, so it's over the, tw- over the, the 20 years. Yeah. So, yeah, over the 20 years, whether they've played for five clubs or one club, I want the most successful goal scorers in the championship. <sighs> God. You should find it easy, lads. I picked an easy one. Kevin for you. Phillips. Kevin Phillips is not in the. Oh, yes, he is. Seventeen. Yeah, with uh, yeah, with. Let me just see. He has been with well, quite a few clubs, mate. Do you know how many clubs he's been at? Five clubs. Yeah. So one nil, one nil, and he scored. In them five clubs, he scored 78 goals. Yeah, thanks, man. So, 1-0. David Nugent. David Nugent is on the list (laughs) at number one. He's been with five clubs and scored 121 goals. Nick, my fucking player. (laughs) (laughs) One all, boys. Uh, This is harder than it looks. Yeah. Jacko's got the age advantage as well. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah, just just to let everyone know. Um, no pressure, Jack. It could be your day today. I think it will be, mate. I'm fucking struggling. <laughs> Jordan Robes, is he on there? He is, mate. He's mm. third in the list with six clubs and he scored 114 goals. 2 1. Yeah. There's a. There's a. There's a. Uh, no, there's a part of me that wants to say it, but it'll waste a guess. Oh, God. Um, I'm going to go with. Barry Hales. <coughs> Barry Hales is not um, on the list. Over to you, Jack, to take a 3-1 lead. 
God. Chris Martin. Mm. Chris Martin. And I'm just double checking. Is he on the list? Is he on the list? He is on the list, mate. Oh, wow. Six, seven clubs and 97 Wow, I didn't goals. think he scored that many. He scored over 50 at Derby. Mm. He scored at Derby. 3 1 to Jack. I've got one. I've got one. I'm surprised you're got one again. Just I'm going to go with Jamie Vardy. Jamie Vardy's mm. not on the list. Oh, I've got another one. I'm going to go for my second one in my head. Brett Sambalonga. Brett Sambalonga is not on the list. He's in 21st uh, oh. place. He's had three clubs and scored 75 oh, goals. One off. So still 3-1 over to Jacko. Jermaine Beckford. Good shout. Jermaine Beckford. Not a bad shout, but he's not on the list. Naki Wells. Jack's took a 4-1 lead. He is on the list. 19th on the list and he's played for three clubs and 78 goals. 4-1. Charlie Austin. Jordan. Charlie Austin. That's not, he is on the list. He's 14th with three clubs with 81 Steven goals. 4 2. Down to Jack. 4 Steven 2 up, Jack. Stephen Fletcher is not <sighs> on the list. Chance for you, Jacko, to um, claw it back. I've got no names to come to my head. There's some easy ones, aren't they? I'm surprised you boys ain't got. Yeah, it's easy, easy when you've got the yeah. fucking thing. <laughs> um, I've got a couple in the locker still. I'm poor Jack oh, Whisker. He's, he's harder than it is. It really is. Yeah. Especially over the last twenty years. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm trying to think, but I'm getting too pressured now. Um. <laughs> Rob Holes. He's not on Patrick the list. Bamford. Patrick Bamford is yeah. not on the list. Back to Jacko. It's still four two to Jack. Just while we're live and um <laughs> Jacko's waiting, I've just had a text from one of my mates listening to last week's podcast. Yeah. And he's absolutely crying with laughter at the fact that Greeny thought Zaha for England <laughs> <laughs> when he's from the Ivory Coast. <laughs> um, Chris, Chris Wood. <laughs> Chris oh, Wood. Not a bad shot. Chris Wood oh, is 18th on the list, so it's 4 3. Eight, eight clubs with 78 goals. Mate Vidra. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mate Vidra is oh, wow. not on the list. God, I've been Four three still, Jacko to go. Martin Waghorn. That's not a bad shout, but he's not on the list, unfortunately. Back to Jack, still four three. Shh, I think he used to be a bit of a bagsman back in the day. First to get six right will win the game. Lewis Graben. Lewis Graben. Is Lewis Graben on the list? He is. He's number five on the list with eight clubs with uh, 97 goals. So it's 5-3 to Jack. 
I'm going to go for it because I. Come on, Jack. I'm going to go for it because I just don't think it is, but I'm going to lose anyway. Neil Harris. No, I didn't. He's not on the list. (laughs) He was going down in a blaze of glory, right? Yeah, I was, mate. Yeah. (laughs) Down to Jack to actually win a a, uh, quiz. Um, You just need one player, Jack. Uh, Bobby Zamora. Oh, wow. Not on the list. There's a chance for Billy Jack Sharp. to come back in. Billy Sharp is on the list. He's number four, six clubs with 114 goals. Five, four. Jack to go. Oh, no. That was my fucking guess from earlier as well. Oh. I remember it. I'll tell you what, the top, you, you, you haven't got the second or third one, which I thought you might get. So the two main ones are near up still there. Literally. <laughs> Running out of people now. Yeah. Um, you need someone that's been in the championship a long time as well. Mm. Keep thinking of players that are literally just like, popped in and popped out. Yeah. Uh, you just need that one player, Jack. God, come on, come on. Pressure's on it. Win this fucker. Um, <laughs> oh, come on, think. Lukas Jukovic. Oh, well done. Game, Very set well done. match. You've got to Number 12 on the list, six clubs and 83 goals. So just before we leave to, uh, part one, Nugent would top. The next players after that who you didn't get was no, Ross McCormack, uh, yeah, Jordan Rhodes, Billy, Billy Sharp, Lewis Graben, Chris Martin, oh, Daryl Murphy. Oh, Elias fuck Henson. off. <laughs> <laughs> I was fighting for you to no, say I, that, Jack, over you didn't come out. And the next go on. one... Go oh, on. I was going to say, I, did, gonna say to I know Henderson didn't get many goals for Millwall, but I couldn't remember who else he played for in the Championship. Yeah, he's been at five clubs and he's got 87 goals. Um, the next one, after him, I thought, how did you two not get <laughs> it? Troy Deeney. Yeah. Um, next after that is Dexter oh, Blackstock. Oh, Danny Graham. Oh, some washed up... Then Nujovic, yeah. what Jack said. And then you got uh, in 13th, oh, Peter wow. Whittingham. Um, Charlie Austin, 15th. Oh, I had him in my head. <laughs> 16, we've, we've actually interviewed Simon him Cop. on the show, boys. No. Not our first ever oh, guest. Oh, Brett, Brett Pittman. Yeah. Was that our first ever no. guest? No. Oh, Sorry, Marlon. I had Marlon in my head as well. I had Marlon and Cameron, so I should have, I should have wrapped the fucker up earlier. 17th, I'm surprised you didn't get was no, Kevin Jack, Phillips. No, Jack got Kevin Phillips. <laughs> oh, Jack got Kevin Phillips, sorry. Yeah, uh, 18 yeah, got was him. Chris Wood. Jack Mackie got Wells was 19. And 20th oh, was Tom Thomas. So there we have it. Jack is uh, victorious yeah, well done, this week. That feels incredible, my friend. Yeah. But uh, before we go, I'm going to do a little plug. This podcast is now part of the Sports Social Podcast Network, the UK's first dedicated sports podcast network. Find our show you love or join the team at www.sport-social.co.uk. And if you want to send an email, contact Jacko at afterextratime2020 at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Facebook, 
Instagram, and, ever, and ever, Twitter. Everyone, get, boys for part everyone one. get ready for my bunker edition of the pod next week, which is your fucking international break again. <laughs> oh, brilliant. I always, <laughs> always get the international break. Always get the international break. Can't wait to, di- can't wait to dissect <laughs> yeah, Mid-Albania yeah, and San Marino with you boys. <laughs> That's class. I mean, but other than that, lads, this is end of pod. Oh, we'll, let's so get good. ready for part two. It's for Martin one. Tyler, hey, it's going to be class. It is ah, a big one. So, uh, yeah, join us. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <laughs> so, join us in part two for a great uh, interview with the one and only. Manchester City are still alive here. Balotelli, Aguero! Welcome back to part two of After Extra Time. And it's an exciting part two because we're joined by a footballing icon and that is the one and only Martin Tyler. You're right, Martin. Yes, I'm fine. It's nice to talk to you. I'm looking forward to hearing what sort of questions you're going to throw at me. So. <laughs> um, I've got some uh, decent ones for I'm you. I'm ready to go. I'm sitting on the edge of my seat. And, um, I'm imagining the game's about to kick off now and, and we are sort of live. Yeah. <laughs> that's my, that's I mean, my evening. I'm, I'm done now. Yeah. <laughs> but Martin, I'm going to kick off. I've got a question and you'll know him really well. So I thought I'd better start with this one. So I've got a question from uh, Matt Jarvis. <laughs> and he wants, to, he wants to know, do you know any good coffee shops in Oxshott? Yes. Well, the truth is, um, <laughs> that's where Matt and I decided that his future lay with working football club. Or at least he decided. Um, and it's been great to have him around, to be honest with you. Um, he's... Uh, he obviously brings a, a lot of knowledge, a lot of experience, but he's just another player in our group and he gets treated the same way as everybody else. But, you know, he comes in in a bigger car than anybody else, so I suppose he is a bit special. <laughs> yeah, he did say to say in the end, he'll see you in training tomorrow, Gaffer. Yeah. <laughs> does he put, hopefully he puts 110% in for you, Martin, eh? Of course he does, yeah. No, he's had some problems, as you know, he would be playing at a higher level if he hadn't had some fitness issues. He didn't have a proper pre-season. And, of course, it was a long mm. gap from when we'd last played to starting with the National League in October. So that hasn't helped him. But he played the other night, he started the other night, and uh, we've got a... FA Trophy semi-final coming up a week on Saturday, so he'll be pushing for a place in that. That's decent. I mean, what, what was it like, obviously, having Matt in your side, considering you have obviously commentated on him, Martin, previously with Wolves, etc. What's it like now to be a part of his management? Well, we've had a few um, Premier League players in our time, uh, and Alan Dowson really is the man you should be speaking to about this because he's the manager and he's the guy. I'm just the oily rag, to be honest with you. I just help out. And, um, obviously, I, I come pretty cheap as well, so I think that's kept me in the <laughs> in, the, in the dugout. Um, Ian Pearce played for us at Kingston. He played in like 250 oh. Premier League games. Um, we've got Jamar uh, Loza played once for Norwich in the Premier League, uh, so we count him amongst our... Uh, Premier League stars, but uh, England internationals, no, Jarv is the first and um, hopefully not the last, but you never know. <laughs> he's, uh, he, he's, no. he's, he loves football. He's local, I think that's the 
thing to explain. He lives not very far away from midway between me and the ground, actually. So he's nearer to the ground. But he grew up in Woking. He um, he played a lot of his school sport in the Woking area. So, And there are people coming out of the woodwork, obviously not now, but when he first joined us before lockdown, back in the start of the year, mm. were people coming up, oh, I need to see Matt because I went to school with him. I need to see Matt because... Uh, we were a youth club together, but, but uh, there were one or two other things that I probably can't put on the air, but I need to see Matt. And, uh, so, <laughs> but it, it was nice, and I, but I think he felt the connection, but hopefully there's still more to come. Yeah, yeah definitely. I mean, just moving away from uh, the football side a minute for that sort of thing. I mean, I've got a few questions, Martin, from uh, some of our followers. Sure. Now, uh, Tom's asked me, what was it like to commentate on Aguero's last-minute winner? Well, it was um, not quite as good as being Aguero, I don't think, but it wasn't far behind. <laughs> no, I, we, we don't choose our games, you know, as commentators. We we get sent by our bosses and sometimes you get sent to something that really special happens. And that was one of those days. Uh, I was lucky to be there. Uh, Manchester City were a bit lucky to still be in the game, to be honest. Um, then they got the second goal. Edin Dzeko always deserves a mention because he got the equaliser and nobody ever remembers him. And then, of no, course, the, the big moment happened. But I think everybody in the ground knew it was just extra, extra special. Mark Hughes, incidentally, who was the opposing manager with Queen's Park Rangers at the opposition on the day, said it was the noisiest moment he'd ever heard in a football ground. And this is the Mark Hughes who played for Manchester United, Bayern, Barcelona, managed all over the country for Wales as well. So for him to say that, I think uh, that's that's the reason there's a bit of silence in my commentary, I think, because it would have been a waste of time saying anything because it was so noisy. But very (laughs) special and um, you know, it's it'd be stupid to say. Uh, I, I don't think about it from time to time. I get asked about it a lot, but mm. really, and the one person I've never spoken to about it is Sergio himself. And whether that will ever happen, I don't know. Well, it's one of the games I remember for you, especially Martin commentating on. Um, obviously, when you said Aguero, um, that's one I always remember when it, when your name crops up. So there you go. Um, another question has come from Notty, and he said, what is the best game you've ever commentated on and why? Yeah, I've, I've got an answer. Obviously, it have been thousands of games, but the one that I always refer to was the Liverpool 4, Newcastle 3 in 1996. There was another 4-3 the following season, but actually, I didn't commentate on that. So, um, this, this was the 4-3 that, uh, that I personally was at. It was a, a thrilling game. Both teams were going for the title. Neither of them won it, actually. Um, but Newcastle under Keegan, the entertainers. And I must say, Liverpool played um, a big part in that title race as well. Uh, but the game had absolutely everything that um, you want from football, really, every element. Uh, great players, uh, goals, a topsy-turvy game. In fact, Robbie, pa- Robbie Fowler put Liverpool in front after two minutes and then... After the Newcastle equaliser, they didn't lead again until they got the seventh goal of the game uh, in stoppage time from Stan Collymore. So it was from first whistle to last. And strangely enough, in lockdown, one of the few bonuses of it back at the um, a year or so ago was that they Sky ran these old games and sort of retro look and, and allowed Jamie yeah. Carragher and Gary Neville to run the rule over them as if they'd been played on that night. Um, and I sat and watched it um, with my son, who's 32, and he'd never seen it. 
And he'd always heard me talk about it as the greatest game I've ever commentated on. So I, from fresh eyes, and um, he uh, he thought it was uh, a tremendous game as well. And, and I thought maybe watching it myself that I would be diluting my passion for it, but actually it only enhanced it. It was a fantastic game. And Andy Gray, who I was working with at the time, we, we sort of said during the game, well, this this will be one of the most memorable games ever, even while it was happening. So it stood the test of time as well. So that's the game. That's decent. Um, another one from Notty as well is, put, who is the best player you've ever seen? Oh, that's really difficult. <laughs> um, <laughs> I... I'm six foot three. People who don't only listen to me. I'm six foot three, and I was a non-league striker, big lump up front. And so I've always admired the ones who could do what I tried to do, but never got anywhere near doing it. And so I put Marco van Basten high on that list as a, a, a player who had all the physical attributes of a, of a tall man, but all the touch of. Uh, a really natural footballer and hard-working, played in some very successful uh, club sites in in Holland and in Italy, and also, of course, um, you know, scored a hat trick against England, <laughs> which uh, I was yeah. there for. Um, not that I was too pleased with him that day, but uh, <laughs> that type of player and, and of the achievements of more current times. So obviously, what Alan Shearer. Did with his um, his 260 Premier League goals is is something very special. So it's the hardest thing in the game. It's a cliche, and I try to avoid the cliches, but uh, it is the hardest thing in the world to score a goal. I always try that. Yeah, when I was playing, I, I was one of those who, if we won and I came off and I hadn't scored, I didn't feel very happy about it. And I admire those who've done it at a much much higher level on a consistent basis. So um, any centre forward who scores a lot of goals is the answer, really. <laughs> Unfortunately, we ain't got any of them anymore. Yeah, only from twelve yards. We might call you the next Bruno Fernandes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, well. <laughs> I mean, I've got an old, I've, I've got an old player here who's, who's commented in uh, called Tops, and he put, "Do you remember his header against Stockport?" What What's his surname? I'm not sure. He's just called Tops, and he's a firefighter. And he just asked me, do you remember his header against Stockport? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I can't remember doing too many Stockport games, to be honest with you. I remember doing them in a cup tie at Tottenham when they were in the Championship, I think. Stop, um, Stockport are in our league now, in the National League, and a uh, very good side they are too. But they've fallen a bit from grace. And the answer is, if, if I had a bit more information, I'm sure I would remember it, because headers are very special to me as... Uh, I refer to the answer I've just given you before. <laughs> <laughs> um, going on to Matt, who's commented in his book, um, how did you get into commentary, Martin? Well, because I wasn't really good enough as a player. Um, I had a go. I, I played five years in the Isthmian League, which was I didn't play in the first team all the time, but I was, I was with a, an Isthmian League club for five years. And... I'd been to university, I played football there, I was in my mid to late 20s and I really hadn't thought about um, anything other than, I was. I had a job in market research which was something that you sort of did when you graduated from university, didn't like it at all. Eventually I got a chance to work uh, as a writing journalist on a it was called a football part work. It's not the same as a magazine because it was uh, something you collected in weekly parts. There are all sorts of subjects that would be done part works. Oh. And you 
get binders and keep them sort of encyclopedic. And I got a job on that through knowing somebody, to be honest with you. And it was great because I could keep playing. It was Monday to Friday journalism. Um, but through that, I met a few people in television simply because we went to the studios to do some research on you know, once or twice, probably once once or twice a year, something like that. Anyway, out of the blue, I got offered a job behind the scenes in television, completely out of the blue. And I turned it down because it meant stopping playing. It was Saturday work. And in the end, um, I was doing some work uh, for uh, the famous and much lamented Jimmy Hill, who um, was a big star uh, around that time on television, had been a manager, had been chairman of the PFA, had done pretty much everything in football. And um, he needed uh, a column written every week for a Sunday newspaper, but he was too busy to do it. And somebody put me in touch with him. And so I did this through the summer of 1973. And I got the offer towards the end of that summer. And I was doing pre-season with my club. Um, and I just took every week I took the handwritten articles, you know, <laughs> I couldn't type there was no email or anything like that. So I wrote it out by hand, took it to Jimmy's flat, put it through the letterbox. But this day I rang the bell and he was I didn't normally do that. And he was there. He said, come and have a coffee. What's happening? So I'm doing preseason. Oh, by the way, I just turned down a job at your old place, London Weekend Television. And he went, what? Anyway, he told me I was an idiot. <laughs> so go home, phone them up, and make sure, see if, you, see if it's still vacant. Do it. And he was a very charismatic man. So I went home and I did as I was told. And they said, mm. yeah, I think the job's still there. So I joined LWT on, a, I think, probably a three-month trial or something as an editorial assistant, which meant basically I did um, the, cut the goals packages together for what's now – um, what was the same groups before then it was on the ball and uh, there were little jobs little jobs we had to know a bit about football to do it and so I, I did that um, it meant stopping playing uh, not seriously stopping I never I never really stopped I, I was playing only a couple of years ago but um, meant stop playing seriously and um, when I was in there I thought I don't want to stay doing this for the rest of my life how do I get back to a football ground on a Saturday afternoon um so I had a day off and I took my little tape recorder along to a game at Arsenal actually with a special gantry pass from the people I was working for. I had a privileged seat and I just sort of warbled into that for the game. It was a great game against a very good uh, QPR side, Arsenal v QPR when Stan Bowles was playing, Terry Venables and people like that. It was a really, really good game. Anyway, I played the t being in television, you could play the tape to somebody who has some influence. And one thing led to another and probably three months later, maybe, maybe not even that, a job came up for a one-off game for Southern Television, which is now called Meridian. And... Um, and they put me forward for it, which was a shock. And I panicked because I thought, well, I've never done this before. Half of me were going, please put me forward. The other half was going, what on earth are you thinking about? This will be two commentaries in one, your first and your last. And um, it probably should have <laughs> been that. But uh, I, I did I did the game and I always, this is the, the cliche again, I always say, as I walked out, which is the truth, the producer said, well, well done. Um, we've got another game in a, a few weeks. Would you like to do that? And people have been saying, we've got another game. Would you like to do that ever since? I've been very lucky. <laughs> that is a great story, to be fair. Um, I mean, 
obviously you've done the big stages now as well, Martin. What's what's the difference? What do you prefer? Do you prefer commentating on the club or international? Oh, I, it's, it's the next game, to be honest, guys. It's the next game. Um, I always get asked to look back yeah. because obviously I've been doing it a while. But the truth is, in my real life, I'm sitting here at my desk with my notes for West Ham against uh, Arsenal. I just watched Arsenal play in the Europa. They lost, but they come through. So uh, that was part of the research tonight. I'm looking forward to doing that game. And that's, that's, and that's as important, whatever the next game is, it's the most important. And I can't work any other way. I can't differentiate it. Yeah, I've done games, which pre-season games, which haven't really mattered too much. I've done youth games. I've done all sorts of games that people would put lower down the pecking order. But in my psyche, they're the most important games because they're the next one. I know it's a, it's a, it's a, I think about having been in football, it, that's all you can ever think of is the next game. And sometimes it's a relief to have another game very quickly because the one that you just had hasn't gone so well. Um, so it's, yeah, it's, it's just um, I, 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 people say, oh, you've done World Cup finals and things like that. But they are the ne- when they're the next game, they're the most important game, if you see what I mean. You've done a semi and then you're doing a final. Of course, it's very important, but it's no less important than what I'm doing this coming Sunday and what I'll be doing whenever the next game is after that. Um, and maybe that's why I'm still doing it, you know. Yeah, it's a bit like being a football manager, isn't it, Martin? Where you say, obviously, when they ask about the next guy, it's just take one game. As yeah, and, and it's true. It's, you know. It is a cliche, but it is true. You know, it's, it's, you have to take them as they come and you have to be ready for them. You have to be prepared for them. And I don't like, even in my little coaching role, I don't like us going, well, we've got, you know, we better look out. We've had this semi final on the 27th of March for a month now, it's on our calendar. But at no point have we said, and we've been playing Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday ever since, and we play Saturday, Tuesday before the semi final the following Saturday. And all we concentrate on is that game. And then when we get to, you know, after playing the Tuesday game um, next week, then we'll really seriously look at the, um, what we're trying to get. To, to try and get to Wembley, and I believe I'm saying that. I can't believe I'm saying that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fingers crossed for you, Martin. I mean, um, obviously, you've, you've commentated a lot now. Who would you rather commentate uh, with? It's been a bit controversial. Gary Neville, have any of you, any of you guys got children? <laughs> well, it's funny you say this. <laughs> yeah. Yes. When 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 Greeny mentioned that you were you know, gracing us with your presence on this, the one question I wanted to ask you was, is it like working with a a, a pair of bickering toddlers with those two. <laughs> well, I think all of them. I mean, I'm I'm trying to think who the oldest one is. Alan Smith will probably be in his mid fifties now. Andy Hinchcliffe not far behind. Uh, Don Goodman I worked with on Monday is a great guy. They're all terrific people. They're all great company. But I, you're referring to the two that might be together in one game. <laughs> Um, yeah, mainly mainly uh, the Liverpool Man United games because obviously yes. Well, I think that's, about, now, that's, that's, that, that's the only ones I think that they probably it may, may be towards the end of the season if it's you know a title deciding game or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but first and foremost, uh, they're brilliant at what they do. Uh, secondly, they have fantastic energy, which uh, rubs off on me because uh, at <laughs> times I'm looking for a bit of energising, and they they. <laughs> Uh, I can't let my guard drop or get sloppy with them around. And um, 
and if to answer your question, what I was going to say is, if you've got children, have you got a favourite child? And you can't say that. You know, I mean, some parents might. I have tried this answer on other people, and they go, "Oh, my daughter," and I go, "No, you're not supposed to say that. <laughs> They're all the same." And that's how I feel about the guy. I do, I do feel a responsibility to make sure they're um, properly prepped and anything I can help them with, that they're happy and, you know, technically. Obviously, I've been doing it a lot longer, and if, if something I can spot is technically not right, maybe the, maybe like the headphones are plugged in, which is a bit like what's broken, the car's broken down. Oh, sorry, I haven't got any fuel in it. Um, <laughs> yeah, but there are little things that sometimes you can help with your experience, and... Um, but they're they're fantastic, and if they're happy at the end of the game, I'm happy. I really mean that. It's not that's not just saying it for the benefit of your listeners. Um, they're special people to me because I can't manage without them, and you know I I try to make sure that to some extent they feel the same about me. But you'd have to ask them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they do, Martin. <laughs> Um, I mean, obviously, since the lockdown, Martin, you're obviously still commentating in games. How how different is it for you with no crowd there and just watching the game, just the players on the pitch? Well, there is the atmosphere because we have the option with our headphones, the aforementioned headphones, we have the option of uh, the the crowd noise, which you can have the option on your television coverage of it. So I choose to do it. I choose to have the noise. So in a way, it adds... um, yeah, it does add a bit of atmosphere to it. And I did the FIFA computer game for a long time, and we we had, we had effects. Um, that, yeah. We had crowd effects <laughs> in our ears doing all that. So I'm quite used to them, not always quite matching up, but they are very good. And I think there's a connection. I think EA, who made the computer game, had provided the crowd effects because they've got them ground-specific for the computer game. Um, so, yeah, it would be silly to say it's the same, but it's a heck of a lot better than nothing mm. and um, we had the nothing from mid-March to mid-June um, and I think what's happened since has been um, one of the great miracles really it's obviously brought a lot of pleasure to people at home probably a bit of pain as well if you're a Tottenham fan this evening you're probably not <laughs> feeling very good um, but uh, the access to it to see it all when you can't go to the ground I think is a is um, it's, it's obviously it's a governmental decision as much as the television decision. The government wants us to do it, and mm. we're happy to to be able to do it. I mean, the, the 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 negatives of not having quite the same atmosphere in the ground, nothing like the same atmosphere in the ground. Uh, it's nothing compared to the positives of. Mm. Um, being at the grounds, which is a sort of selfish feeling, really, that you're in, you're in there. You're one of the lucky ones who's in there. But the fact that you are perhaps, you know, the industry—I'm not saying the commentary, but the whole the package that the television and broadcasting industry can can bring to people sitting at home when they're not allowed to go—and I ha- have to say also, the behaviour of the public has been amazing because when it started. I really did think that the sort of things that have happened once or twice, you know, with celebration nights and teams winning trophies would happen mm-hmm. at every game. People would go, oh, we want to be there. We go to every game, so we're going to be there when they're not allowed to be. But I think common sense has prevailed, and I think uh, the football public has behaved almost impeccably, and they will get such a welcome mm-hmm. when they come back. 
I, I can imagine they, um, yeah, hopefully it'll happen sooner rather than later. We are talking now maybe just a couple of months and um, without prejudicing it and, and, and jinxing it, um, bring it on, you know, because it, yeah, yeah. it makes a massive difference. Definitely. I mean, how good are you at that FIFA game then, Martin? Let's at playing it? Um, <laughs> on a scale of one to a hundred, yeah, yeah. one. <laughs> 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 on the, uh, I, I, I hope the commentary was better than that. But, um, but uh, no, I, I used to play it when I first started doing it, and we obviously got slightly advanced copies. You know, maybe a couple of days before they went on general sale. Mm. I always used to play against my son. I always went one up, and he always won. So I, I stopped doing that. <laughs> he he stopped playing me because I was too easy. It, it wasn't a case of can I play you every year. You know, it was uh, this is too ridiculously easy. Because, I'm of a generation where that kind of control of things is is not something that you picked up when your faculties were absolutely at their sharpest, like like with teenagers, you know. So, um, no, it, it was great to do. I think I had 15 years on it, and um, they decided to make a change a couple of years ago, and I uh, I don't blame them, and they've 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 moved on, but. Um, there's no hard feelings from my point of view. I, I thought it was a, it's a wonderful product to be part of. And um, a lot of, I think, as I grew older, um, it was a connection with younger people, which is very important in my job. I can't quite use all the words that uh, young people use, but um, I think it would seem a bit incongruous. But you have to stay in touch and, and live in the world that it is now and not in the world that it was when you started in this business. Yeah, that's true. Just a couple more, Martin, and I'm just going to hand over to Jacko because I know we're stuck on time. Um, in uh, you got voted Premier League commentator of, of the decade. How, how did you feel with um, that award? Well, it was a strange thing, really, because there weren't many of us doing it. <laughs> so I, I, I think, yeah, you know, oh, it's a very nice thing, and I, I have got it. I, I, it's within my eye line as I'm. Uh, talking to you now, but I'm not a great believer in these. Television is a team sport like the game is, and I'm not a great believer in the individual awards in the football industry, to be honest with you. Um, you know, even man of the match takes somebody out, doesn't it? Rather than, you know, the team, the team wins, the team loses, the yeah, team wins. I, I really believe that. And, and television, it's a, it's a team game too. So, it was a, it was a, an award for Sky because we'd done the first decade, ninety two to two thousand two, I think, and uh, um, and I felt it was that you know I was uh, of the commentators that I was the one doing most of the games, so <laughs> probably would have been a bit odd if I hadn't won it really. But it's very nice, and Richard Scudamore presented it to me one night before a game at Arsenal, and I've got a photo of that. I haven't got that many mementos, but that is. Um, yeah, it, uh, listen, I, I can't tell you that I'm not proud of it, but it's not something that only when people ask me about it, like your good selves, do I talk about it. That's, that's decent. I mean, the last question from me, Martin, for you is uh, in January 2007, you got approached by Centennial Sports. And was it true that you rejected it? Sorry, I, got, I missed that. That just broke up a little bit. Sorry, mate. Uh, I said in 2007, you got approached by Santanta Sports to obviously coverage for them. 
But um, is it true that you rejected that? Uh, somebody spoke to me from when the first thing happened, but it was never a proper offer or anything like that. So, no, I've, I've listen. Sky have been fantastic to me. I, I've I, I value loyalty. I, I did seventeen years at ITV, and I think they thought it was time for me to move on as well because um, they weren't doing as many football shows as had been the case through some of those seventeen years, um, and. Um, after, a, uh, actually, there was a little bit in the middle where I worked for a company called Champion Television, which was the Squareal. It was British satellite broadcasting as opposed to British Sky broadcasting. And then we got taken over after six months by Sky. So <laughs> that, that's the only little break that I had. And I, I went with the takeover to Sky um, in 1991 and um, been there ever since. And the Premier League, of wow. course, came on very soon after that. So... I think I was very lucky, guys. I was there at the right place at the right time. I'd had about the right amount of experience to start something. I wasn't sort of an old fogey like I am now, but I was. Um, I was. I was sick, but I, I had enough um, miles on the clock, really, to for them to say, "Well, we think we can trust you with this particular baby. You're not going to drop it." So. And then happily, they, you know, I've tried to repay that trust. And I'm very, very grateful to both ITV and to Sky for sticking with me. Yeah, definitely. Yes. I mean, Jacko, do you want to carry it on? Obviously, yeah, so, uh, Martin, um, yeah, obviously, you've been a massive part of my football generation of, of watching. And, and there's been so many iconic moments, the, the Aguero commentary. The one that I, I, I love is the Martial goal. Um, when he scored against Liverpool on his debut, that that hair, I always get hairs on the back of my neck stand up. Um, when you do your sort of iconic iconic lines, is that something that you've got ready in case a specific moment happens, or is it literally just in the moment? It is literally in the moment. Yeah. Um, these circumstances, you. You'd sit if you were going. Oh, if this happens, if this happens, if this happens, you'd you'd never have, never have time to eat. Mm. <laughs> you, you know, you never have time to sleep. Um, no, it's you've got to trust your. I mean, there are plenty of goals I'm sure that I haven't done justice to, and the, but the, the ones that people talk about, I guess they feel that I have, mm. um, and it's 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 not prepared at all. You know. The, be totally truthful with you. I prepare the team news, which um, when you think those graphics where the faces of the players come through and we move down the system of the team, you know, from goalkeeper through to the strikers and the substitutes, I write lines for that because um, uh, that's done pretty much in the last hour before because we don't know what the teams are. Mm. Um, and that has to be done at a certain speed because we've only got a limited time. And if I fumble my way through that, we'd miss the kickoff, wouldn't we? So <laughs> I'd still be going and on the bench today. <laughs> um, so that, that does get written, but the rest is instinctive. Love the game um, and hopefully enough vocabulary not to sound the same every time anybody scores. Um, just going on from that, I know... Obviously, uh, Greeny asked what was the sort of defining match that you can remember. Is there any sort of moments besides that one that you look back and, and you get a, a shiver down the spine thinking, I'm so glad I was there for that? Or was it just, as, as you said earlier, was it just that Liverpool-Newcastle game? No, uh, the, 
there are moments in most games that I would remember. Shiver down the spine might be a bit of an exaggeration, but there are special things. I mean, even last week, the Lamella goal, you know, <laughs> you don't see that very often. No. Um, the one that I was mentioning in conjunction with the Aguero goal was the following Saturday, Chelsea won the Champions League when Gary Neville said it was written in the stars. And uh, that was a big match um, in, in competition with uh, ITV. They had it live as well yeah. on the back of the Aguero game. And it would have been easy uh, to let your guard drop, really. And you know, I, I certainly prepared it properly, but um, you, you know, come away from a game where people are talking about it and talking about a small part of the commentator played in it. Um, so I, I was pleased because that was a long night going mm. to time of penalties. <laughs> uh, the only thing that I always say about it is I was really pleased with the way I finished it because Drogba, with his, he's leaving Chelsea, if you remember, yeah. Yeah. and it's, it's going to be his last kick and, and we gave that the full... Uh, the full treatment, uh, um, and then of course um, he he didn't he he did leave, but he came back again. <laughs> so, I always say, if I'd have got a hold of Didier when he was going to re-sign for Chelsea, I said, "You can't do it; <laughs> you'll spoil the whole ambience of that commentary." But that that was a special week. That's that was Sunday, um, and we're coming round next year. It'll be the tenth anniversary of all that. Mm. So. I can't believe it. <laughs> um, just the, the last one for me before I let Jack uh, go on. Um, obviously, you've been doing it for such a long time and you, you're saying you, that you focus always on the next game. Is that buzz still there for, for, for the commentary? Is, is that still ever-present at, at the moment I think for you? It, oh, yeah. I, I think that the challenge for me is to control it, really, because... <laughs> Because I'm so, I feel so lucky to be doing it in these circumstances. Mm. Um, you know, with Woking playing as well, although that, that's not such a, that's a, a much harder, <laughs> harder part of my life. But, um, but uh, the um, the feeling that I'm reaching out to people who can't be with us, you know, and, mm. and I think that's, that's, it pumps you up, you know, you, you want to make sure. That you you give every emotion that you've got that you I, I I haven't had the chance to reflect on it because we're still doing it you know mm. but I do feel that for all the commentators we we talk obviously and we do um, socially distance <laughs> meet and talk at matches um, I think we all feel a a sense of just just trying to help you know mm. just trying to. I know how I felt in March, April and May and at home with them. I live alone and, uh, you know, my even my children who are in their 30s now, uh, it's been a long period where I've seen them maybe once every two months and, and, and I'm, not, I'm not asking for sympathy because the same, everyone's in the same boat, you know. But on a match day... I'm I'm released from that, and I'm allowed to travel, and I'm allowed to go to the ground, and I, I feel a total responsibility to try and get as much as I can into the commentary. And I think I've probably been putting more into it than than before, simply because of that, rather than oh well, you know, just let's call them. I'm not. No, it's not sort of just calling the names, but you know what I mean. Yes. Um, as, as if this is part of the cycle of life well it's not this is not part of a cycle of normal life this is different and 
I couldn't tell you how it would manifest itself with you listening to it. It's different, but I've come away feeling that sometimes I've, well, I've trying too hard is the nearest expression that I can get to it. So I just want to, you know, before every game, I sort of think, well, what am I do? But the most important thing is is to keep the energy in the broadcast because mm. as soon as that drops, you'll be going get that old git off the road. <laughs> You know, so. Yeah, thank you very much. All yours, Jack. Hello, hi, Martin. I just want to say, oh, Jack. before Ash and I, um, just obviously thank you. Like we, us boys, have obviously all grown up um, listening to you, and I think um, I mean it from the bottom of my heart. These boys probably mean it as well. Like I don't think football, especially watching it on the telly, would be the same without you. Had you not been commentating mm. on games, um, you know, um, you've been brilliant, and I think. <laughs> um, You've probably, that's, you've very probably... Kind, that's very kind of you. No, no, I, I, it, 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 it means a lot. I, I don't go looking for, for praise. I'm not that kind of person, but um, it, it, it's nice to know that it, it's going down well at your end. That's, 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 I mean, if it isn't, then I'm wasting everybody's time, you know? No, no, I'm sure. No, not at all. I'm sure when, not at all. Whenever you retire, whenever that may be, um, I'm sure you'll go down as, as, a, mm. as a commentary wise, because, yeah. Um, there's so many iconic moments and stuff, and you've probably you've probably been commentating for more years than I've been on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> Not to make you feel old or anything like that, but yeah, I just wanted to. Um, I don't know what your thoughts mm. on it. Obviously, we somehow end up talking about it week in week out, and it's Jacko's favourite subject. What are your um, <laughs> What are your thoughts on VAR, Martin, in, in terms of the current situation? I know it's obviously a big talking point, obviously this season. My thoughts are that it had to be tried and absolutely had to be tried. And I think, although you know, there's a, more of an air of permanence about it, uh, that it's still deep down, they're, they're still looking at it. They're still looking at ways to improve it. They're still looking at ways to, um, to try and make sure that it's a positive addition to the game and not seen as a negative addition to the game. Um, I have to live with it. I, I, my opinions on it don't really matter because I can't allow it to affect my judgment. We did have a little talk about it while poor um, Rui Patricio was being treated on Monday night um, because it, it was a VAR-related injury in that now for the reason of trying to make sure that goals can be added uh, they don't flag straight away, and and all along people have been fearful that by delaying the flag, the play will continue and an injury will um, result when the offside could have been given, and therefore there wouldn't have been a collision. And this was uh, one of those uh, evenings that happened. So that led us on to talk a little bit about the, the whys and wherefores and the merits of it. Um, I, I I would like to I would like the margins to be a little bit more with the technology I think you can't be sure it's absolutely absolutely because that's mm. technology isn't like that and uh, so I, I would like a wider margin I think that's my personal view mm. but um, it, it's not quite as pedantic as it has been but the, it's, it's difficult it's very difficult and, and the fans will tell you if you're on the right end of a VAR decision VAR is great if you're the wrong end of it, it's terrible. Um, and that's always been the way with referees. So um, I think it would be quite interesting with all the football fans 
really been stuck at home for this season to have a vote on it at the end because people will have watched a lot more football uh, than ever before on on television and of course in the stadium you don't quite get the VAR experience it is more there in television so I would support that and then whatever whatever the, I think the supporters are the most important people in the the whole industry so I think if they had a, a proper mandate for it then then the, the fans should decide. As a commentator, it does impact because you can shout, oh, what a great goal, and oh, no, it's been chalked off. Um, <laughs> I, I sort of learned to live with that because that could happen if you didn't spot the linesman's flag anyway. So um, it it is it is a talking point, and I, it's taken 40 minutes, but you got round to it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, sorry. Um away from sort of football and that. Is there any other? This is more sort of personal question. Is there any sort of other other sports you're interested in, Mark? Or is it purely all football? And did you ever have maybe obviously something people don't know? Did you ever commentate on any other sports other than football? Or is it just always football for you? Um, I, I I grew up when it was football in the winter and cricket in the summer, and mm. people played. Professionals played both games at a high level. Um, you'd have first division footballers playing. What the one or two played. Uh, cricket for England, you know. Uh, I think Arthur Milton played cricket for England and football for England. Um, and that kind of thing um, was um, quite normal. So as a kid, the seasons didn't overlap. You just went from one to the other. And there's more of a cricket background in my family than a football background. So cricket's been very close to my heart. Um, I grew up with, sadly, uh, a friend of mine who passed away last year, um, Bob Willis, uh, who was mm. captain of England, and he was my flatmate and schoolmate. And so I had a, a lot of connections with his. Um, I used to go and watch him play, and uh, I used to. Um, uh, and I did end up doing some cricket commentary for ITV on, on the county championship matches, which was great fun. Uh, I wouldn't get anywhere near the sky lineup. <laughs> and. and uh, Believe it or not, for two days of a county <laughs> championship match between Surrey and Hampshire, first-class cricket, in 1982, I was 12th man for Surrey. Oh, wow. Um, largely because of my friends and and injuries to others and the fact that I was at the game. But, um, yeah, I was I was good enough for them to all lend me some kit. Uh, and, <laughs> but I didn't have to do anything. I ran the baths and got the drinks. That's what I can do. But it was a wonderful experience. You know, it's the nearest I ever got. To, I was in the dressing room, obviously. Nearest I've ever got to participating at the top level of, a, of sport. Um, but football to me was always, when you're a forward, you know, you could score the winning goal in the last minute having played terribly. And I think one or two times I did that. Um, at cricket, I was an opening batsman. And if they gave you out LBW and you didn't like the decision of the third ball of the day, that was your day off. <laughs> so <laughs> I think I got more out of the, um, if you like, the, uh, the teamness. I mentioned team things to you a lot tonight because it's a very important part of how I've lived my life, be part of a team. And in cricket, it's a very individual sport within a team structure. Mm. Um, I commentated on quite a lot of other things for... For ITV, I did Olympic, uh, the Olympics. I did various clips on all sorts of sports, really, just to help out. But um, I, I never regarded myself as having any great authority on any of these sports. But um, so uh, football, and then cricket, and the rest a long way behind. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah I, I think that 
Go on, Green. I was just going to say, is there any way you could uh, <laughs> have a quick word with uh, Jamie or Gary and try and get them on our podcast? <laughs> Martin. <Yeah. laughs> <Tap them up. laughs> well, I get asked that. I get asked that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I would say you're on. You're on. I could put you on a list, but it's a very long one. <laughs> okay, it's far. It's far longer than the list you found me on to get me on. Sure. Uh, to be fair, Martin, I was going to apologise for Greeny hassling you. <laughs> he did it. He did it in a very nice way. Thank <laughs> you, change. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, um, <laughs> Martin. Before you go. Is there any chance yeah. we can put you on the spot? I know Jacko wants to hear, but would you do And it's Andy live! <laughs> yes. Oh, properly made my evening. Hey. Really <laughs> nice. oh, thank you very much. New, awesome. new intro for the podcast, I think, Martin. Yeah. <laughs> you're, very, you're, very, you're very welcome to it. <laughs> no. well, on a serious note, though, Martin, it's been... Yeah. <laughs> on a serious note, though, Martin... Um... Thanks for coming on, mate. We wish you the best. Hope you get to Wembley. It's been a pleasure for me. The question's been great, guys. It's it's lovely to talk to people who feel the same about football as I do. So, great. Thank you for asking. And I'm sorry it's taken so long, but we've done it. Yes, thank you very much. Yeah, absolutely. If you keep in touch with me, please do. You'll be regretting that in oh, the next we'll half an hour. Oh, we'll I promise you that. I'll try not to And hopefully you enjoy your game on the weekend um, as well, I really, um, I've really enjoyed it. I, pro- I promise you, I'm not just saying that for the benefit of the tape. <laughs> I really no, have enjoyed it. No, Cheers, you. guys. Cheers, thank Martin. Thank you, Martin. <laughs> thank you, Martin. Bye-bye. Thanks Bye. so much. Cheers. Take care, Martin. Cheers. Sports Social Podcast Network.